Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass student Maura Murray drove from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire. At approximately 7.27 p.m., Maura spun out her 1996 Saturn on a hairpin turn on Route 112 in North Haverhill. There has never been a credible sighting of Maura since. Maura is 5 foot 7 inches tall. She weighs 120 pounds, and she has brown hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information regarding Mora's disappearance, please submit it to us, the Murray family at Direct at gmail.com, or the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit. This is Missing Mora Murray. Welcome back to Missing Maura Murray. I'm Tim here today with Lance. How's it going, Lance? It's going pretty well. How are you today, Tim? I'm doing all right today, Lance. And for this interview today, Lance, we spoke to two young journalists from French Canada, Quebec, actually, Sherbrooke, Quebec, Canada, and they've covered the case of Louise Chaput, who is from Sherbrooke, Quebec, and was murdered in the White Mountains. Yeah, it was very interesting to talk to these two gentlemen, Boris and Julian. They've been following the case for a while, and one of the more interesting things that they brought up was their relationship and their interaction with law enforcement. And I don't know why I thought that it would be different, but it was interesting to hear how similar it is to all the other stories, on top of the fact that they were uh, communicating through the American-Canadian border, too. Right. A lot of obstacles in investigating this case, you can kind of tell, because there's obviously a border, uh, you know, a jurisdiction issue with Louise having come from Sherbrooke on her trip. And she went hiking alone in the White Mountains uh, where she was murdered seemingly by someone random. Yes, she was last seen on November 15, 2001, and her body was found on November 22, 2001. So just a few days later, she had left, and it was late in the season for hiking. She left to go do this on her own, and that was another interesting thing that we found out from these two gentlemen is that she was very much into doing things like this. She liked to hike on her own. She liked to be a woman of her own means. She really liked the independent nature of things. And uh, hiking was no different. She would go alone all the time. And, uh, yeah, she was found on November 22nd. She had multiple stab wounds. Her death was definitely ruled a homicide. And she was uh, burned, too, which is quite telling. Yeah, really sad, tragic. Um, And uh, they also talk about Chuck West from the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit a little bit in this episode, having uh, had that experience. And uh, they say some interesting things, things that I hadn't known about Chuck West. Like, actually, they called him a national hero. 
And uh, he was written about in this book because he solved this murder, or at least helped to solve this murder um, of the, these Dartmouth College professors, as documented in this book here, Judgment Ridge, the true story behind the Dartmouth murders. So I can't wait to dig into this one. That's correct. Chuck West was instrumental in solving the murders of the college professors, the Dartmouth College professors, Half and Suzanne Zantop. They were 62 and 55, respectively, and they were stabbed to death in their home in Etna, New Hampshire. And the two apprehended were James Parker, who was 16, and Robert Tullock, who was 17, and they were charged with first-degree murder. And Lance, this goes out to a lot of people in New Hampshire, and so we want to make sure that you are all on the lookout for a blue backpack with a Canadian flag that was missing from Louise Chaput's uh, murder scene. Also, Ford Focus Keys. So it is possible someone in the hiking community knows more. So if you are in the hiking community, especially, or if you know people in the hiking community, maybe ask around. I know it was a long time ago, but maybe someone still remembers something. And you can also submit a tip through the Department of Justice, the New Hampshire branch. If you go to doj.nh.gov and search for Louise Chaput, that's L-O-U-I-S-E-C-H-A-P-U-T, gives a little description of the crime, and you can use their tip form to submit a tip. And Lance, we're going live on Get Vocal Thursday night. If you're listening to this on release day, that would be tonight with Patrick Hines of True Crime Obsessed. Join us 9 p.m. Eastern on GetVocal.com. Check it out. Link in the show notes. That's going to be a fun show because we've been planning this live show with uh, True Crime Obsessed, Patrick and Jillian and Maggie and you and myself. We've been planning this. We did the show in uh, Brooklyn and then it went so well they were like, we should do a couple more. We had one planned for Boston and one planned for Philadelphia. Obviously, we weren't able to do those at the end of March and then they rescheduled them for August. And once again, those have been rescheduled. Uh, Date is TBD, but in the meantime, yeah, Patrick Hines is being gracious enough to join us tomorrow night at 9 p.m. That should be a really fun time. And Lance, on this date, June 11th, 1996, Tina Lynn Ambrosio was 34 years old when she went missing from Phoenix, Arizona. At the time of the disappearance, Tina was 5 foot 7 inches, 123 pounds, with auburn hair and blue eyes. She has a light-colored birthmark on her back and a scar extending from the back of her neck to the top of her head. Tina also wears a full set of dentures and had previously fractured her jaw. Anyone with information should contact the Phoenix Police Department at 602-261-8042. And for more information on Tina's disappearance, you can go to namus.gov slash missing persons, and hers is case number 490. And that, of course, comes from private investigations for the missing. So make sure to follow them on social and check out the site, investigationsforthemissing.org. That is the nonprofit that we are on the board of. And as a reminder, this is the nonprofit that Bruce Maitland, father of Brianna Maitland, founded. It is to provide assistance to families who still don't know where their loved ones are. They've been missing and they need resources to hire licensed private investigators to assist them in their search. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Follow us on social. There are links in the show notes. We are being joined by Julian and Boris. How's it going, fellas? Uh, Good. Good. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I feel like we've been touching base with you guys for like a year and a half about this case. And it's so good to finally get to talk to you. Um, virtual face-to-face. Yeah, thanks for having us. And you gave us some context for making up our podcast, so that's, that was greatly appreciated. Great. Well, happy to help. Awesome. Can you uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourselves and a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, well, we, we started uh, saint Eyes, which is a true crime podcast in French. Uh, we're located uh, in uh, Elmer, Quebec, so just across the river from uh, mm-hmm. Ottawa, the Canada, Canada's capital. Um, it's a French podcast. You can hear it in our accents. <laughs> um, and uh, we started working on the first case in 2017, 2018, uh, which happened in um, in Hall, Quebec. Uh, the in uh, just just 
like a few miles from where we, we work and live. Uh, it was a first case called Valérie Leblanc. Um, and I was studying at a college where um, when maybe two years after I graduated, a girl was killed on the second day of school in August 2011. Uh, so it was kind of crazy in uh, Gatineau, Al Elmers, uh, and it was uh, a traumatic event for the people here in uh, in Quebec uh -huh. and uh it was never solved so there the, the the killer is still on the run and it's it's it was a really really strange event um because she was killed at a, at about noon at the second on the second day of school less than a mile from uh, where we studied so uh that's when i we started looking into the case and we produced uh, the first season of saint eyes it was a hit in quebec yeah. i must say it, it, the podcast got very famous because it's a very mysterious case and it launched us into making a second season exactly. which which took place in the united states and That's us contacting you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I was producing and uh, hosting the first season with a guy called Stephen Boivin, uh, who works that who works at uh, Transistor, our production uh, podcast company. And uh, I met Boris for the second season. Boris and I uh, met at uh, CBC Radio Canada, yeah, I yeah. think. Uh, he was a journalist. I was a producer for the the national uh, Canada's national radio. And uh, we started working on the case together because uh, the... You wanted a journalist, I think, yeah. to work on this case. Exactly. And since I had a little bit of background into uh, crimes, mm -hmm. stories, mm -hmm. um, I used to be reporter for Le Journal de Montréal, which which is uh, like one, the, of, one of the biggest, the biggest yeah, newspapers, newspapers from Montreal. And uh, I um, I did some some crime journalist journalism in my in my career. So Julien, I think, was interested yeah. in my in my in in, in this background. Yeah, and yeah. In in uh, Boris uh, Boris's input and his uh, professional approach to crime journalism and uh, investigative podcasts. So we jumped into Louise's case because the, the one of the Yeah, well, that, the that's, a cool, that's a cool story. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. the, 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 oh. the coroner, the coroner. The med medical examin examiner, yeah. no? <laughs> who, was gotcha. <laughs> who was working on the on the Valérie's case, was a good friend of my dad, because my dad is uh, mm -hmm. an invest in investigating uh, doctor, uh, coroner, here in Quebec. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, cool. I don't think the coroner have the same approach or the same role in U.S. or Canada, but still, uh, I was interested in, in crime reporting because my dad was... Was investigating on some some crimes here in Quebec, so um, we met uh, we met Marie Pinot, uh, who was a character in the first season, and then Marie told us a story about her best friend who got murdered uh, in the White Mountains in 2001. Mm -hmm. uh, and she told us that when she was her, her first case was Valérie Leblanc uh, that took place. 10 years after that in 2011 so uh, when uh, she told us the story that her best friend was found um, in the woods uh, severely burnt and mm -hmm. uh, after a few days of, of search so her best friend was Louis Chapu and she thought when uh, her first homicide with Valérie Leblanc uh, she, the first reaction was oh my god is this the same murderer Uh, who uh, took Valérie's life and Louise because the both cases look alike. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why we got interested in Louise's case because since Marie was her best friend and Louise is the reason why Marie got into uh, this kind of work. She was a nurse and she decided to uh, get her degree, uh, her medical degree, and then she became a coroner for... for For, for this yeah. exact reason. so After her friend got murdered. Yeah. So. so that's why we got interested in uh, Louise's case to keep on looking into this, uh, this story. Now, Louise, well, she left her, her, her home in, uh, in Sherbrooke, Quebec, and she went to Pinkham's Grant on November 15, 2001. And I'm, I, I got to back up a little bit. She, she was the best friend of someone who you were working with on that first case, uh, Did you say the name was Valerie? Uh, well, Valerie was uh, the the, the team that got yeah murdered yeah. Uh, in 2011. And the medical examiner of that case 
was the best friend of Louise Chapu, oddly enough. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and she became medical examiner. She became doctor at the first place after her best friend, Louise Chapu, got murdered. And uh, she, since day one, she was documenting uh, Louise yeah. Chapu's case. And that uh, that is the, the very thing that got us interested mm -hmm. because she had every single document from day one on everything that happened to this case. And uh, quite frankly, that was uh, that was odd. A lot of things. There, there was uh, objects that were never found. Uh, for instance, her backpack, mm -hmm. uh, her cars, car keys, car keys yeah. were never found. Uh, they, they, at some point, there were suspects in uh, New Hampshire. No more mm -hmm. by <laughs> 2019 when yeah. we when we went. Uh, All suspects were not suspects anymore, mm -hmm. I guess. And the police is now in pitch black, we understand. Uh, and that the police uh, was very close to the family. The, the, the detective on Louis Chapu's case uh, spoke with family members, spoke with Marie, our, yeah. our, 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 um, our medical examiner. And um, But they police never spoke to us quite frankly yeah. they, they they met us at some point but they never they never spoke on the record they never opened yeah. um they they, they 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 really were not interested in talking to us into any details of this case even yeah. 19 18 years after yeah since we were canadians i think they didn't feel the need to or the They, they didn't see the interest of talking to us since we were uh, broadcasting in French and since we were working from Quebec. Mm -hmm. So we, we, yeah, yeah, it was a strange situation when we talked to uh, Chuck West and when we met the, we, when we finally lead, lead got detective. an answer, yeah, the lead mm -hmm. detective in the mm -hmm. case. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really odd situation because Marie uh, Pinot, the, the medical examiner, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the coroner was, really invested in the the case and it changed her life and it was a it was a, a friend of the family in my case um and so we we spent a lot of time with Marie and we felt that she became a, a doctor because she felt powerless when Louise was murdered and they couldn't find any answers to her, to her crime so yeah so it's it's quite a, a story that spans on almost uh, 20 years and mm -hmm. we Boris went around uh, Quebec uh, went down to New Hampshire and Massachusetts a little uh, town called Gorham yeah Gorham just uh, by Pinkham Notch the White Mountains Lodge there so yeah it was it was really strange uh, since we're Canadians looking into uh, an American crime mm -hmm. right And and the reason um, you're well, I, I assume one of the reasons you're so interested is because Louise is from uh, Quebec. She's yep. uh, she left uh, Sherbrooke, Quebec, Correct. which uh, Lance and I've actually been to years ago, mm -hmm. 2013, um, looking for Maura Murray. So this uh, mm -hmm. this case, you kind of uh, find it eventually if you look into Maura Murray enough. Yeah, uh, and uh, it, well, Louise had some, let's say. Um, a lot of friends she was uh, and she studied in uh, psychi uh, psychiatry yeah. mm -hmm. uh, one of her friends wrote a movie about the the, the, the case the, the murder of Louise so it was kind of a starting point for a movie that was uh, released in 2006-2007 with big actors from Quebec um, it was not very good no it was not <laughs> a good movie it, but it's, it's like a big production um, so wow. <laughs> What's that called? It's called Sans Elle, Without yeah. Her. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I got to find the movie in the public library <laughs> oh because yeah. it was nowhere on the internet. <laughs> it wasn't really good. Uh, and uh, one of her friends was uh, one of the most famous columnists in Quebec working for La Presse uh, called Nathalie Petrovsky. Uh, it's a journalist that everyone knows in Quebec. Uh, she's still alive. Boris got to meet her. So... The story was very much in the public eye. Uh, people in Sherbrooke still talk about it. It was a well-known case yeah. in Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke, which is a southern city of Quebec. So it's really close by yeah, the, border. the border. Yeah. 
And uh, I think that people of Sherbrooke used to go very often to um, New White Hampshire, Mountains, yeah. White Mountains area. And um, what was strange, it w first off, I, I think that I in the first days of her, uh, when, she got, yeah, yeah. when she got missing, I think that police in the United States didn't really uh, catch up why she was hiking alone to start with. Uh, friends of family got many questions about uh, how come this woman just uh, leaves her family and go hiking alone in November because it was November 15th. I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh, in in 2001. So uh, we got to do a little bit of um, inquiry. We went to Sherbrooke also. Yeah. We asked neighbors, friends or family, how come did... Um, Louise left to hike alone yeah. to start with. And uh, yeah, what came out of that was that she was overwhelmed by work, I think, mm -hmm. and that uh, she needed to breathe a bit. And, and she, she was an original. She was the kind of woman who just goes into adventure all yeah. the time. This was, this was another thing. She was fearless uh, when she was living, and she did all... Tons of crazy stuff, and I think uh, her daughters uh, that uh, never got interviewed, uh, they, they were reluctant to talk to any medias because some medias in Quebec were not very respectful with them uh, uh, when they were they were young. But um, they talked to us and they told us uh, how their their mother was into adventures and was fearless, and some of uh, some of them told uh, told me it, it's almost like if. It, It was it, it was to happen. I mean, yeah. it, 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 she she had to go like that. I yeah, mean, she had to push boundaries all the yeah. time. And even some friends were asked if they would like to join her just before she left. So so she wasn't planning to be alone, but she didn't wait for other people to 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 answer the call of adventure. Mm. She just was fearless, like we like we said, and she wanted to. Just get out of the city, get out of Sherbrooke for that weekend. And the thing is that uh, in in September, uh, well, with 9-11, the girls, yeah. they were supposed to leave. Uh, Louise, Marie, Nathalie, uh, all, the, 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 all her, her friends wanted to go hike in the... In they the were, Middle East. Yeah, they were all supposed to go for a yeah. trip, which was canceled because yeah. of 9-11. Since it was so hard to get on a plane. So that was um, that was supposed to be the trip originally. But uh, it got, they canceled it because they didn't want to go. Uh, they didn't want to fly out to the uh, Middle East. And they, they were all white women. So they weren't too comfortable uh, cro <laughs> crossing the ocean to get there. So Louise really wanted to do something. She was uh, hyperactive, let's say. Mm -hmm. So she didn't want to miss out on that. She had a, a long weekend. So she had to do something. So she went down to the White Mountains. And this is part of the of the reason that uh, maybe the, the murderer was never caught. It was that... She wasn't declared missing after many days after yeah. because she uh, was murdered on uh, the 15th, yeah, which the was Thursday, Thursday night. night. And then her family uh, didn't didn't wait for any calls. I mean, she was just hiking the mountains yeah. for them until the Monday morning when she didn't show up for work at which point the family members said, okay, something's up yeah. there. What happened? And then they called the police and yeah. then... New Hampshire police was like, all right, is it a woman lost in the woods? Is it... Uh, did she want to... <laughs> did she well, had a lover at some yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. Did she want to disappear at first? Because yeah. the police in the United States thought that it was strange for a woman to hike alone, to, to leave uh, without anyone else. But in Quebec, yeah. the perception is like, no, w women go hiking alone all the time. So it's a, a cultural difference in the, the perspective. S and well, it, is that something Louise did often? Yeah, like alone. Yeah, yeah. she she okay. she traveled yeah. by herself all that. the time. No, <laughs> but uh, but all she kind did. of crazy stuff. Her daughters yeah. like uh, never run off. Uh, uh, of great not, stories to tell. Uh, stories all the time <laughs> yeah. about Louise doing motorcycle in thunderstorms, that kind of thing. She she was uh, quite a character, so that's why people loved her so much. But but she was an independent woman. 
Um, and yeah, she was also a psychiatrist working in the um, in the prison system in Quebec. So that was also something that the police looked into. Uh, when, when they noticed there was a crime, because yeah. when they found the body after uh, their research and rescue operation, uh, they, she was found on the day of th uh, the American Thanksgiving. So uh, everything was odd <laughs> with yeah. this. But when the body was found, I think it, it got uh, it, it was a big story in New Hampshire because you you don't get killed just by just by the lodge in the White Mountains, yeah. right? This is a touristic place. This is a place where every, everyone knows this, this yeah, AMC, it's a small town. Pinkham yeah. Notch Lodge. Uh, it's a small town. It's a touristic place. And she was killed less than a mile, say, well, a mile, and uh, uh, maybe a little more, but something like that, uh, next to the lodge. So it, everything's off with <laughs> with this murder. And I think that when her body was found, the uh, U.S. police, uh, the, the New Hampshire um, state, crime, police, state uh, police, exactly, thought that it was it must be a Canadian involved. Like yeah. it must be a Canadian thing. Someone mm -hmm. followed her, uh, mm -hmm. went down there because she worked in the prison system or maybe she it was revenge, maybe he it was her husband. So they looked into the tapes uh, when Louise was crossing the border when she was uh Uh, putting gas in her car, but they couldn't see anyone following her. So yeah, in 2020, they, this yeah. is this. Yeah, there was a ton of leads, or they looked into a lot of stuff. But they even put um, because some people in New Hampshire and uh, uh, New England uh, speak French, and uh, they put some police officers who understood French just to spy on a Franco-American, uh, yeah, a Franco-American to, to, to spy. The husband. Yeah, <laughs> when the husband came down to. Uh, for the, the search and rescue operation. And when he was talking to the daughter or the friends of Louise, they were, uh, how do you say that, eavesdropping? They were yeah. listening? Sure, to, you got uh, it. Sur yeah. Surveilling. Okay. Yeah, surveilling. Yeah. In the cars, in the operations, they were just there and they understood French because they, they he was a key suspect in the case and they they let him go because they, 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 he was not a suspect for a long time. Yeah. All that led to yeah. nowhere. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Can you um can you walk us through maybe uh, the day or the day before uh, she decided to go on this trip and and some of the details of uh, her hiking trip itself and and the crime sort of like maybe a, a bit of a timeline so that the listeners can wrap their head around those. I think maybe, you know, three days, four days. She basically left town, uh, her hometown Sherbrooke, on Thursday, November the 15th to go uh, hiking to the the White Mountains yeah. uh, because she was, uh, as per her neighbors, sick of her work. She was carrying the pain of her patients mm -hmm. and at this point she needed some air. Um, and she asks her name. She asks her neighbors, "Do you want to come with me? Uh, would you like to go hiking?" And people were just like, "Well, what? It's it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's last she, minute. So no, we can't. We have the kids, or uh, we have some. We we have to work on Friday. So she left on the Thursday. She uh, she drove her uh, oldest daughter to college, which was uh, unusual, and she hugged her very tight. Mm -hmm. Her daughter yeah. told 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 us so. And then she left. Uh, she left with her uh, backpack, uh, sleeping bag and stuff in her uh, old car. Uh, yep. Was it a Ford? Uh, anyway, yeah. I don't remember the model. A green uh, uh, Ford Focus. A gray, gray Ford Focus. And then uh, she uh, drove down to uh, New Hampshire, passing by Colebrook mm -hmm. um, entry point in the United States. Uh, she uh, entered this place called AMC Pinkham Notch, where she was supposed to have uh, a room. Mm -hmm. 
but since she got there, say it's not far from Sherbrooke, it's maybe three, four hours drive. So she got that. She got there too early, uh, and then her uh, room the, wasn't ready. I think. Yeah, and supper wasn't ready. Yeah. She she took some information there. She was like, "Where where where can I do a uh, just a small a quick hike, hike, a quick yeah. hike around?" So she talked to the the someone the at clerk. the desk, mm-hmm. the clerk at uh, Pingham Notch. And he told her, "You can do a, like a, an yeah. hour." He, he he and he replied, "You can go to uh, this hike called Last, La- Last Palm, Palm Trail, <laughs> which I did last year. Um, I I, I kind of remade this journey uh, last fall." So she parked her car. She she well, th- this was found oh, later on. Yeah. But her car was not on the main parking of the lodge. It was in some overflow parking. Which is also the reason why <laughs> why it wasn't found uh, like the the first day on. Anyways, uh, she, she she then did presumably this little hike because at the very end of end point of this hike, which is very very short, um, she got m- murdered mm-hmm. there. Uh, stabbed multiple times uh, that we know of uh, because the police opened up a little bit about the stabbing but they told me the the family members many more details afterwards mm-hmm. so she and we knew that she she f- she tried to fight yeah, uh, yeah there yeah, was yeah. signs of her resisting and uh, she was found off the trail uh, not too far from the trail which not is too far from the trail strange and underneath a pile of leaves since it was uh, during November and uh, she was burned also. She was, oh, right. She was burned. I think um, that's a detail that I always, I don't forget about it, but it's um, it's a detail that kind of you know it's not very high on on the detail list for me when i'm reading about this case mm-hmm. uh it I was not out uh, i think we we pretty much b- broke that story i think uh, mm-hmm. there was because l- at some point yeah. uh the police said she was burned but uh they <laughs> they, 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 they backed, they backed up on some off. details yeah, and, uh, yeah but they offered uh, once again a lot of details to family members that they wouldn't disclose otherwise to medias uh, up to this point, but but yeah. uh, family members and uh, we we on multiple accounts we had multiple sources because it was Marie, her best friend, mm-hmm. her uh, a husband who was a suspect at some point, but he was he had such a strong alibi. He was mm-hmm. with his daughters um, that he became friend with the lead detective and Chuck West, uh, Chuck West who, who shared many details about the murder so we know yeah and the the family and the the detectives were really working together Marie and her husband Denis who is really invested in the case also used to go down to New Hampshire every every single year year. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, during November to meet with the detectives to try and relaunch the case so they they were there when the body was found Uh, they they worked really really closely with uh, the authorities but yeah so coming back to the, the the events um she didn't go back to AMC Pinkham Not she didn't yeah. go back to the lodge after her hike and she was hiking with her she never bl- checked in yeah she never checked in she just mm. she just she was standby and uh, she went hiking with her backpack which is also a strange detail because uh, they knew that it was only a, a short hike so why would she go with her backpack one of the theories is that it wasn't her usual backpack that she was w- uh, walking with. She um, she got the backpack from her sister, yeah. so it was maybe she wanted to try it out and walk in the woods just to see with the weight and try it on. And up to this point, this is a key element of uh, the inquiry. Uh, if the police told us last year that if they can have any information on this blue backpack with a Canadian flag on it. Then they can f- perhaps uh, trace it, trace the murderer. Uh, so uh, the, the 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 backpack went missing. We have no idea why she was carrying it at the first place. Uh, was she followed? Was she, we we have no ideas who who could be 
in yeah. the trails. November again, mm. it was November. It was unusual to go. It for was hike. yeah. It mm. wasn't a high touristic uh, season, and uh, mm -hmm. there there were no no valuables in the backpack. So yeah. it was a key element of the investi investigation. Uh, the police went around pawn shops, tried to get some sense of who could have taken the backpack and for what reason, but it still is a key element to mm -hmm. the uh, to the case. How far into the trail was her body found? And this was um the the trail was the uh, the Lost River Trail, right? Yeah, the Lost Pond Lost, Trail. Lost Pond sorry, Trail. Yeah, Lost Pond Trail. It, it it's just off the trail really. Uh there's the, so the further <laughs> Part of the trail uh, when it loops, pretty much. Then you go in the woods uh, a few a few meters, I can say. It, it, there's a, there's parts of this um, forest that has been cut down at some point for construction work. It's just by the road, by the main mm -hmm. road there. Um, so you can see the trail from where she was found. It's not in yeah. the deep woods. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, as if she was uh, murdered, stabbed in the trail and then dragged there. Yeah. Or maybe they fought. Uh, we don't know. But uh, it, there was an effort to cover uh, her body. That's for sure. Because at the very first moment of the search and rescue operation, which took place many days after, because uh, she was not declared missing up until Monday, and then she was found the next uh, Thursday, I think. And uh, one of the, the guys from the Fish and Game Department... We interviewed Rick Estes, Rick the, Estes. The, the chief, the, the, the leader of the, the, this team that found her. Told yeah, us... We interviewed uh, him. Yeah, yeah, Boris met him, and it was quite an interview, and he told Boris, like... All that we know is that she put up one hell of a fight, and we were like, okay, so this there there was really something that happened. Um, there are a lot of uh, theories that well, someone was walking by and told her something, or she was something who would she was someone who would get into fights with people. She if someone told her something she didn't like, she would talk back to him. So. There might have been something happening uh, with someone in someone else in the trails, but was it uh, another hiker? Was it someone someone from town? Was it just some people who so some guy or girl who was there? We just simply don't know. Yeah, w was there any thought to uh, her having been approached in the parking lot and not on the trail? We heard that theory. Yeah, w could that be a hitchhiker, for instance? who brought her there, uh, we don't know at this point. Mm -hmm. And the police have very few clues. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been uh, suspects in the past, but no more. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I don't think we know at this point, to be honest. And, and there was, like the police at one point, the, the State Department and the, 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 uh, the investigators wanted to move the case forward and they told the press at some point that they had uh, an important suspect and they yeah. and they called uh, Marie Pinot the 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 coroner and our, our contact here in Quebec and they told us like yeah the it's it's going forward and there there's probably uh, some some interesting news and there was none <laughs> which is uh, once again really strange It was uh, uh, exactly when they launched a cold case unit, unit at yeah. the New Hampshire State Police. The uh, Louise Chapu's case was w on top of the list, and they, they made a press release. We have a suspect. They mm -hmm. made big thing. It turns out to be nothing, yeah. which is... Uh, and maybe this is the very reason why they're so shy into talking to media now. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were that close of, uh, you know, putting the handcuffs to someone and then they, it turns out they don't have the necessary proof. That yeah. that might just or, be it. Or it, it might have been that it was a political move to say that some of the, the, the important cases were moving forward. I guess we'll never know. Because right. uh, and when when we met them, um, we met them so 19 years after the fact yeah. in November last year. Um, 18 years after. 18, 18 yeah. years, sorry, 18 years after the fact. Uh, we talked to the lead detective. He met us off the record, and he 
he was pretty convincing in telling us that he was uh, that close of finding someone. He was just a phone call away from um, from the file getting you know prioritized or something. That they just need more information. It, it, he basically told us someone just might have an information out there in New Hampshire in the White Mountains area. That is, and for some reason, he someone might want to go see the police now mm-hmm. in 2020. So they still think they, that it they could still be solved, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wanted, they really wanted us, wanted us to um, try to tell the story or the things that we knew in English. Uh, try to do an English version of the podcast. We we've had some phone calls about the case mm-hmm. in English. Uh, we've had some producers asking if if they could work on what we got uh, on the field and uh, through the interviews to do an English production we're always open to that uh, but it was the the meeting with the, the police and their attorneys was really strange uh, and the family was there also uh, we were there with Marie and Denis so Marie the the um, the coroner and her husband and Louise's daughter uh, we even uh, drove back to Montreal and, and Ottawa with uh, the girls so we got maybe six or seven hours in the car with the girls uh, in a snowstorm in November talking about the case um, but the, the, the Chuck West was skeptic Uh, skeptical yeah. with us because I think the format the podcast format he, he was not pleased and he he might be listening right now because I, I I know he knows uh, mm. you guys and he he told us that and not pointing at you specifically but he was afraid that we It can be, do some harm some harm I to think. the investigation and mm. the, that we were uh, armchair detectives and just guys spending all their life on Reddit trying to solve some crimes and we were like no Chuck we're Or like we, we we I don't want to brag, but we won awards with the first season of of Saint Eyes and uh, were reporters. We worked for the CBC and Radio Canada. Like we have an uh, an ethical approach to journalism, but mm-hmm. he just wasn't in maybe wasn't buying it at all. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he wasn't too sure how to deal with us and. Uh, <laughs> We're Canadians, so it's not the same approach. Uh, li- like I told her earlier, maybe he didn't feel the same need to talk to us since he, he thought that we were speaking primarily to a French audience, which is true. Uh, On top of that, the, all the, the, the Canadian leads to this case pretty much vanished. Yeah. By now, uh, I think the main theory is that it's an American yeah. or a local uh, murder. They're focusing mm-hmm. on the... the the uh, the possibilities in in the United States so but when we arrived there there was uh, a, a moment maybe we can roll some tape for you guys eventually maybe we can send you some <laughs> just a file of this strange meeting that the we had oh, in yeah. a strange encounter um, <laughs> Boris was always looking for some leads and for some people to talk to uh, in New Hampshire and uh, we were meeting with the the investigation team and the family uh, was in was it in Berlin yeah uh, Berlin New Hampshire um, no it was in Gorham no in the, Gorham uh, yeah exactly station of Gorham Sorry, we, <laughs> we we know the area, but it's uh, it's uh, it's been a few months. <laughs> last year. Uh, so yeah, we were waiting for the family to arrive to get this meeting with the attorney, the district attorney, um, with Chuck West, with one other uh, investigator, both uh, daughters of Louise, Marie, and Denis. Uh, so we got there 15 minutes earlier, mm-hmm. uh, and Chuck West came outside and told us, "Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for the family. We'll take 15." minutes with the family and then we'll get you guys into the room with us to just to talk about the case off the record and Boris was trying to talk to a guy who who, who called the police on some pound shop owner yeah. saying that he saw the backpack at some point uh, early 2000s there's this amazing journalist called Uh, Barbara, Barbara Tetro. Tetro in the who worked for yeah, the uh, Berlin Sun. Uh, she covered the case locally for the past 20 years, yeah. basically, and, and uh, she interviewed Boris about our, our series. So mm-hmm. there was a paper published in the Berlin Sun. So some guy got in touch with Boris to talk about the case, the situation. Yeah. So Boris looked into it. 
So this strange old guy <laughs> who was a suspect at some point yeah. because someone called the police on him having the backpack turns out that it led to nowhere but but the the guy we, who called we had to call this guy right yeah the guy who <laughs> called the police at first yeah. so we met him we were looking for him when we were in New Hampshire and I don't know why, and but I, I told him, "Oh, we we're gonna meet the police yeah, at, exactly. at this time," and he was waiting for us in his pickup truck right like in front of the police station. Eighty-year-old guy with his dog in his, I think, red pickup truck, waiting for us just in front of the police station. So we we felt uncomfortable because we were at the police station to talk to Chuck and the family, and this guy who was who wanted to speak to us and we were looking for him in the New Hampshire area uh, he was there and he saw he admitted to us that he was a yeah, he was he, met he was, by the police at he, some point he was perhaps a suspect, a suspect a, in 2001 <laughs> and when he was interviewed or met by the police he the Chuck West the lead detective told this guy I'd like to pick your brain about this case uh, at some point. And the guy was like, yeah, call me because I have a lot of things to say about the case. So this guy is parked. We're talking to him and Chuck West comes out of the police station and the guy sees Chuck and he's like, hey, Chuck, remember me? We met uh, 18 years ago. Um, you uh, never called me back. You never called me back. I had some <laughs> things to say about this case. He was very embarrassed, I think. Yeah, and then Chuck just went back inside. So this was so strange. Uncanny. Because the, the feeling that, and I, I, I'm not saying that it's the truth, but the feeling we had is that um, people were coming to the police with some information, but the police didn't always call them back. And that's the same feeling we had with the Valérie Leblanc case, our first season of Synthèse, is that so much people in Quebec um, told us that they had some leads or they had some ideas or suspects about the case, but the police never called them back. And we know that police filter information all the time. It was just surprising at this point that so many people and people that we filtered or scanned and just, just to see if they were it was not a mental health condition or some crazy people just that wanted the spotlight or wanted to be featured on a podcast. Um, we were surprised at the fact that so many people had some information and they never heard back from the police. And the approach of the police is always, uh, call us, call us, we need some information. We, you, you might be the person who can help us solve this case. And those people would, would never get answers. That's the feeling we had when we met Uh, Chuck West uh, in New Hampshire and I think we got off uh, off the we, we, we just wrong foot. <laughs> yeah off the wrong foot with Chuck because we were there with our microphones and recording machines and we were just clueless and we didn't want to interfere in in the talk uh, so yeah when we got in the office we, we had to wait for an hour maybe an hour an hour mm. and a half uh, for a meeting that was supposed to Just a quick chat that was supposed to be 15 minutes between the detective team and the family. Uh, we felt kind of anxious because we wouldn't have any uh, any feedback for that hour and a half. And when we walked into the room without the microphones just to talk about the case and our approach... Um, they were closed off pretty, pretty yeah much. and they, they were, we, we were antagonized a bit uh, so it was mm. it was like a breaking point for us we were like oh my god we're not here to uh, say that the police did the wrong job or that you you didn't do your job uh, but we felt a bit of um, how do you I don't know how to say it but yeah. they, they weren't really happy to, to see us there with uh, trying to trying to talk to some locals and just get to know the case a little bit better. Yeah, I think uh I think the term is um kind of like stonewalling, like yeah. we're not going to give you any information, but I mean we found that with uh Moore's case as well and Exactly. Mm -hmm. the subsequent cases that we've been looking at that uh people will find something that they think is significant in the case, they think they found some evidence or they have a lead and they answer law enforcement's call when they say, you know, we we need the help of the public. I think what people And we talk about this a lot. I think a lot of people expect to hear back on that. And that's just not that's just not in the playbook of law enforcement whatsoever. 
And yeah. and at that point, with uh, everything that happened with Moore's case, I'm sure Chuck West was like, "Oh God!" I yeah. mean, you said he didn't mention <laughs> yeah. you said he didn't mention us specifically. I wouldn't be offended if he did because. I mean, we we do know that we come with a bit of a, a a stigma because a lot of people have done a lot of harm to this case mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. continue to do harm to this case. No, he mentioned but, yeah. you guys. <laughs> he, I can confirm, but he didn't say he didn't talk uh, trash about you guys. That's that's what I wanted to say. Well, he better not have. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's understandable. Yeah, with um, the fellow that they apparently didn't call back, it, it was it's probably the kind of thing where they know that guy pretty well. Yeah, exactly. You know. Like and and he, uh, you know, m- maybe talks to them frequently about stuff like, uh, you know, I think we we get that, too, occasionally, like you yeah. kind of hear from similar like the same people, uh, you know, about certain cases or even different cases, you know. Yeah, but it's it's usually, let's say, one people out of four or five that call us that might have just a a piece of the puzzle that we can use but most of the times and it's probably the same with you guys we cannot use this information or like we we never want to interfere with the police's work and we try to build those relationships even with the 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 police here in quebec uh we try to have a dialogue and they would never call us back they they for the case in the first season they did one interview and that's it and we tried to get some other meetings off the record or just just to help with the case at some point and they would never call us back uh which is pretty bad because people called us instead of law enforcement because they felt that they weren't they weren't listened to so uh, it's it's kind of sad because people want to help with the case and when they call the police they never hear back it's just as simple as police calling back and saying we got your information thanks a lot we'll look into it and maybe give a follow up a year after that just something not to not to have some consequences on the case when talking to the population but i just i just think that they need to build trust with the people uh, to whom they want to they want to talk or have information because they always say and i know that people might might find this might I don't know, have less trust in the in the police or the law enforcement because they always say we need some information and they give some and they never hear back. So we don't want to be the the the, the like the bounty hunters uh, of Quebec looking into some cases and uh, trying to 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 catch the guy who murdered Louise or Valérie. We just we just want to document the story and refresh the memories of some people because some elements in the first season uh, really helped us uh, move forward with the case of Valérie. Um, she she wanted, I'm jumping back into the the season one with Valérie, but uh, her, she was 17 and her her boyfriend uh, she was 18 and her boyfriend was 16 or 17 and she left her just an hour or maybe half an hour before she was murdered so uh, the guy who was a minor at that time in Quebec uh, wasn't met by the media uh, his name wasn't uh, published or anything and we we got on his track and we were the first media who we would talk so it was a key element and we got his testimony uh, and it it we kind of broke through some new elements and we're still looking into the first season because mm-hmm. of the podcast we were able to get some information uh, publish some information broadcast them and some people would call back so we just wanted to establish a dialogue with the the, the police here in Gatineau but they would never talk to us I don't know why. Maybe it's because they feel like we're criticizing or trying to do their job. Uh, uh, we think we might be able to do a better job than them, but we—it's always clear that it's not the objective with with Saint Eyes because it's we're doing the synthesis of the cases that are unsolved, and we just want to bring them back under 
in the in the public just just to get the things going forward and even with season two so many canadians and people from quebec go hiking in the white mountains since it's not too far from from sherbrooke from montreal from ottawa and gets snow so people go there all the time we got so many messages of french speaking people who go in the white mountains no pingham notch so i think it was useful for for some information so i don't think that us working in french um is a motive to not speak to us because so many people listen to the the, the things that we we publish we broadcast yeah if someone has seen this blue backpack with a canadian flag that is the item that mm -hmm. uh that is still being looked for is that correct exactly yeah, that's correct and the police is still looking yeah i bet anyone who's got that blue backpack will get a call back from the police <laughs> I, I certainly I, I do hope, hope so, so. <laughs> and they're the car keys also uh, yeah the car the keys Ford of the Ford Focus but, uh, they're missing I have, a, I have a quick question that I don't want to forget um, I know she was stabbed multiple times is there any um, indication that she was stabbed with something other than a knife is there any information on what um, she could have been stabbed with unfortunately we don't know uh, the nature of the yeah. wounds but Uh, what we could read through the lines was uh, possibly, we think, a knife, but we cannot It was sure. never found, yeah. uh, as far as, uh, as we know. I was, I was just thinking, like, if, you could if uh, anyone could determine the type of knife, whether it was something that was, uh, I guess, related to hikers or hunters, or if it was... Um, you know, more of a consumer type knife, like a, like a pocket knife. Yeah. Well, the thing is that <laughs> there are two things. Uh, the body was found quite after, uh, like a week after yeah. uh, the, the fact. So it was damaged also by, uh, like I said, some, 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 the murderer put some uh, accelerant or some gas. We don't know the nature on the body. But, yeah. Um, but it was November. So she had a coat on and yeah, it was also. something sharp enough to get through everything and to uh, everything she wore uh, wore <laughs> um, and the thing is that Pierre Louise's husband told us that he walked through the woods with Chuck looking for clues and that they Pierre when the, he took the, the test uh, how do you say the, the lie the lying yeah the, test, the polygraph yeah exactly he took the polygraph against the advice of his lawyers yeah. because he he really wanted he to was convinced prove, yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to prove Chuck that he really wasn't the, the murderer and he found some some little alcohol uh, bottles yeah uh, in the field so in the woods so Just, he was like yeah. did you scan everything did you went through all the the possibilities because we're still looking for keys we're looking there's an arm to the crime uh, and he found some clue just walking through the woods so that was kind of it was odd and yeah, that's, uh, that's a bit odd um, I, I'm still kind of hung up on the knife sorry yeah yeah um, that's okay so you said that she was she was wearing several layers of clothes so she was stabbed through a jacket and and layers of clothes so right there you have a knife that is probably um more than eight inches or so eight or nine inches one of the maybe the thing that we took note or the most important thing that chuck west the lead detective told us is that you have to um get the message out to the hiking community Mm -hmm. And there are many ways to interpret uh, that <laughs> that idea is that uh, he wants people to be safe or that people in the hiking community might, might have some information, mm -hmm. might know something. So is it like a knife that you would use on a camping trip or is it like a kitchen knife? And we read through the... the is the 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 case that Chuck solved in the the book Judgment Ridge uh where the two college professors were killed uh I think that was in mm -hmm. the Vermont uh New Hampshire area I don't, I don't remember the place but uh they, Dartmouth is that it Yeah they they found the murderers uh thanks to the little <laughs> the little knife holder right yeah. or the So, I don't so know if a, you guys remember that a case. Small detail can lead to to solve a case. Chuck West was the guy who solved the case, 
and the the main clue he's like a national hero <laughs> he's such a such a we, we found <laughs> out that he's a famous poli- yeah. <laughs> policeman actually and looking through officially th- retired but yeah. now working for the cold case unit yeah so that was in 2001 just a few months before Louise got murdered and there was uh, a murder with some knives and the knives were kind of the key uh, Uh, object and the, the the key point to getting this murder solved and Chuck looked through the the, the, the people who um, who sold the, the knives online so yeah the knife is a is an important key element to this uh, to the Louise Chapu's case. When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.